Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Haley Wooden. I'm Tyler Orton. And this podcast is brought to you by Manning, Elliott Accountants, and Business Advisors. Well, it's good to have you with us. Later on in the show, we'll be featuring a Roundhouse Radio interview BIV did with Ryan Spong. He's the co-founder and chief executive officer of Vancouver-based Foodie. They just raised a $10 million Series A round of funding. I'll actually dive into that a little bit more in our headlines later on, but we had a great chat with him and he shared with us some of the company's ambitions when it comes to growth, and they've been doing quite well over the past three, four years. But first, let's jump to business news. Tyler, what's catching your eye? Yeah, I got to give a shout out to Vancouver right here, one Stuart Butterfield. Uh, Slack has just raised another $250 million US, a company headquartered in San Francisco, but has sizable offices here in Vancouver. They're being a little cagey about what they're going to do with the money, Mm. just saying that essentially going into like a war chest uh, gives them more flexibility. But what we do know that is over the last three years, the Vancouver office, every time that there's been more money raised and they've done a lot of this, Vancouver office has grown. So the evaluation of the company is at $5.1 billion US right now. And I just recall uh, first time I wrote about Slack, they had about a dozen people in an 800 square foot office <laughs> in Yaletown. Yeah. Uh, they're up to like this multi-story suite uh, with about 100 people at this point here in Vancouver. So it's it's very cool seeing a company that has such a big, strong Vancouver influence uh, just getting bigger and bigger, essentially. $5.1 billion, not, nothing to sneeze at at all. No, not at all. And it's nice to see too that as the company continues to raise funds that they continue to actually invest in their presence here as opposed to um, just putting it elsewhere. And they obviously have a presence in Silicon Valley and elsewhere. Well, the thing is, uh, I mean, Stuart Butterfield, he still like maintains a residence in Vancouver. So it makes sense for him to want to continue. uh, Hey, I feel like popping in the office today. I'm going to do that, you know, (laughs) just a few blocks from where I live. So I I think that makes sense. I think I I might be incorrect, but I think he's originally from Victoria or somewhere on the island, but he now does, you know, split his time between the Valley and Vancouver uh, itself. So it is, you know, makes a lot of sense for this company. It does. I saw some reports too, that they're um, focused on translating some of their services too, and that some funds uh, will be earmarked for expansion in Japan. And there was, um, I think this funding round was led by investors in Japan too. So yeah, they're broadening their reach around the world. SoftBank, which yeah. is a very notable uh, company. Uh, I, I would also like to uh, kind of point out that I, I think they've got a big challenge ahead of them and that's Facebook, uh, Microsoft, they're all launching all these business messaging apps as well. I, these guys are not the behemoth that, say, Facebook or Microsoft is. So no. having this access to capital, it's going to be uh, very helpful for them. I, I still think it's going to be a tough road just going up giants like that. Well, and I have to think, too, the key for businesses, it's not necessarily going to come down to who, which service have you used longer, but what service integrates better into your other business platforms. And if you have a company like Microsoft and you're using Microsoft products, Oh, and they have a Slack-like feature. I could see how that could potentially pull away market share from a company yeah. like Slack. Yeah. Well, there's uh, disappointing news, more disappointing news for BC's LNG industry, if you can really call it an industry at this point. Uh, there's another project that bit the dust. Nexen announced that it's halting progress on a feasibility study for its Aurora LNG project. This is a $20 billion site on Digby Island 
in Prince Rupert, uh, very close to the BC-Yukon border up north. And they've been doing this study for the past four years, and they even, as recently as July, I believe, rebooted their environmental application process. But things have changed. The company came out and said that market conditions and macroeconomic factors, commodity prices, they're not at the right place where they need to be to justify a multi-billion dollar project in the LNG industry moving forward in BC. Very similar to what we heard earlier this year from Petronas as well when they uh, decided not to move forward with uh, a greater investment on their Pacific Northwest project. Yeah, I mean, if the economic situation was ideal, we'd have this bustling LNG industry already. But I, I think, you know... The fact that we have a new NDP government here uh, running the province, the fact is they're, they're not super pro-LNG like we had with the last government. So I think a lot of these guys are just reading the writing on the wall and, and backing away from these projects as opposed to putting any more money into them because I just don't think that there's much hope for them going forward. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense at this time. And our um, our resources reporter, Nelson Bennett at BIV, he's been covering this. But there are still some big players who have assets in the province, but it's just at this point in time, they're investing more money and it's understandable given uh, where LNG prices are and how that industry has been developing elsewhere too, because it does face some competition. Yeah. Uh, Roots, they are officially going public. Uh, Look, we've been speculating about this for a a few weeks, but they actually filed the proper paperwork in Toronto just last week, and they're looking to raise $200 million. Maybe maybe they can go to Slack. I hear they've got some (laughs) uh, money hanging around, but uh, they want their valuation pegged at $700 million. Uh, I, I, I would say this is interesting for the Roots um, brand. You know, we see a lot of retailers struggling. Roots wants to expand further into the United States. They only have four locations in the United States compared to about 100 plus in Canada, 100 plus in Asia, uh, I think China and Taiwan specifically as well. So I look, it's uh, if anything could be more delightful, I love the uh, stock symbol that they've got. It's simply R-O-O-T. Root. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. There you go. You know exactly what you're getting with that. It, I mean, we've chatted about this on our radio show and on the podcast. It's been um, an interesting year for retailer. I can see maybe why retailers would want to turn to the public markets to raise cash and to expand. But I wonder in part what the investment appetite is going to be like for a company in retail that's maybe looking to expand uh, its physical presence as well. Yeah, it's tough. I don't think they're really going to expand much further in Canada. It just might be oversaturation of the market with like yeah. 114 different outlets that's a lot. in this relatively small market. Uh, whereas I, I think in the United States, they can see some room for growth. But I just have to say it's still just been a bloodbath this year in retail, uh, especially for those U.S. markets. So they, I would assume they have some sort of expansion strategy in mind that would actually work and they would not fall victim to the the gaps or the uh, old navies of the world that have seen declines. Yeah, no. Well, maybe uh, we talked about not too long ago, Hudson's Bay expanding to Europe with yeah. the signature flagship store and everyone over there very, very excited about the Canadiana brand and Root. I went into a Root store not too long ago for the first time in I don't want to say ever, but I've probably only gone to a root store maybe like a handful of times in my life. Sure. And it has that vibe. It really makes you feel, I don't know, sort of 
proud to be from Canada. It has all that clothing that's synonymous, I think, with the Canadian outdoors. So maybe there's demand for that. Have you ever been in the Hootsuite uh, offices uh, here in Vancouver? I haven't. I've seen some photos, but I haven't actually been. They, they really, really go hard on that Canadiana sort of vibe <laughs> there. Everything, it's, it's very uh, on the nose. But yeah, I just wonder, look, if you see... This Roots brand, you mentioned Hudson's Bay Company. I just wonder if there's kind of this overseas fondness for Canada right now that could work in our favor. I don't know if that even matters so much in retail, but I don't think it's hurting us necessarily no. being from Canada. Yep. Hey, if these companies can work with it, good for them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, finally, as I mentioned before, Foodie, it's the second company to receive funding from the $100 million BC Tech Fund. It raised a $10 million Series A round, which was led by BDC Capital. And there were a number of other investors, including Yale Town Partners uh, and the Tech Fund, as I mentioned. Now, we had CEO Ryan Spong on the show, and he was saying they're really going to use this funding in part to acquire the talent they need. They're also looking at growth and foodie for anyone who doesn't know. It's sort of a, it's not your typical meal delivery service, although that's sort of what it does, but it allows uh, restaurants, bakeries, breweries to essentially tap into the corporate catering market, even if they don't have the delivery infrastructure to do so. And they select certain restaurant food and beverage partners in different cities. I believe they're in eight, including Vancouver and Toronto. Uh, so yeah, they do that. And it's sort of neat to see the selection, but you can order at work a six pack of beer from a local brewery, cookies, or of course, different meal options. And that's it for our news. And we're going to hear from CEO Ryan Spong after the break. This podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax, and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. Now, if you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, and if you want an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, give Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors a call at 604-714-3600. That's 604-714-3600. Or you can check them out online at manningelliot.ca. Now, as promised, we're now going to feature an interview that played on BIV's show on Roundhouse Radio 98.3. It's with Foodie co-founder and CEO Ryan Spong. They just raised a $10 million Series A round. Have a listen. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Business in Vancouver on Roundhouse Radio 98.3. We are the daily business news program from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Tyler Orton. And I'm Haley Wooden. And this segment of Business in Vancouver is brought to you by Dale Carnegie Training. There's a reason why today's Dale Carnegie Training matters. Discover how it can help you reach your goals at bc.dalecarnegie.com. Well, Vancouver-based Foodie, it's a corporate catering service that allows restaurants, food trucks, even bakeries, even breweries that may not have the delivery service infrastructure to actually deliver food and beverages to clients. Now, Foodie just raised a $10 million Series A round. And with us to talk more about it is Ryan Spong. He's the co-founder and chief executive officer at Foodie. Thanks for joining us in studio. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. And congratulations. Yeah, wow. Congratulations on your round. Yeah, thanks a lot. We uh, we closed that this summer, and uh, it was a lot of hard work. And uh, you know, the the team's really excited about the uh, the future. Did you guys have a celebration that was fully catered? To, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, in our office. There's a lot of uh, food related celebrating. 
Nice, nice. But $10 million, that's not chump change there. I, I believe this funding round was led by BDC Capital. Tell me a little bit about what this means for you guys, maybe with growth expansion, et cetera. Yeah. So, you know, the round is really earmarked for us to continue our expansion across North America. So we were founded in uh, 2013 in Vancouver. And since then, we've expanded to Toronto uh, and then the U.S. as well. We're in another eight cities. Uh, so we'd like to, you know, further our growth in, in the U.S. and across Canada. And you also received some funding from a number of investment partners. That includes the BC Tech Fund. What was your experience like securing financing for this round? Yeah, that uh, that investment was great for us. Uh, you know, we had strong support from our existing investors uh, and the BC Tech Fund uh, and Kensington Capital uh, partners who uh, administer that uh, were great guys to work with. Uh, and uh, that's a uh, exactly what that fund, I think, is for is this kind of gap in Series A financing. Uh, it really worked out well for us. Yeah, $100 million tech fund, and I believe $25 million of it is earmarked specifically for direct investments in startups around Vancouver. I, I think the issue that they're trying to deal with is kind of this gap in venture capital funding here in the city. Tell me a little bit about kind of how a lot of startups, a lot of people, not just you guys, but others are dealing with this VC gap. Is it, I don't know, a lot of trips to other cities? How do you guys deal with this? Yeah, so... You know, it worked out perfectly, I think, for us. Uh, I've heard a lot of people, you know, in the space talk about how difficult it is to raise money if you're if you're a Vancouver company or if you're a Canadian company. Uh, I think that to some extent that's true. You have less visibility than our peers in Silicon Valley, for example. Uh, but if you have a great business and you're willing to get on a plane, uh, you're willing to go and talk to people, they don't really care where you're from. In fact, you know, one of the advantages we have up here uh, is that companies tend to be a little more fiscally responsible. We've had this great uh, interest rate hedge over the last five years. Uh, and increasingly, I'm hearing folks uh, from the U.S. looking for other places to invest. We raised a lot of money in Seattle, for example. And, uh, you know, that Cascadia conference is a good example of, I think, our American investors looking north. Yeah, yeah. I got to go to the Cascadia conference this past week. Everybody kept highlighting the new avenues for venture capital funding here. And they highlighted that BC Tech Fund as well. When you're going down to Seattle, what is maybe the overall kind of process that you go to just kind of connecting with people, making or selling Vancouver, I guess, to a certain degree? Well, you know, I think when you're unknown in a new city, uh, you don't walk in and, and walk out with a check. Uh, it takes a lot of relationship building. I think like anything in business, including, you know, our, our customers, uh, you have to start with a touch point, explain to folks what you do, what you're planning on doing. And then when you go and execute and do what you said you're going to do, you come back down and, and talk to them again. You know, we have a, a, a joke internally around fundraising that it takes three points to draw a straight line. So uh, those touch points are important. <laughs> they are. And sometimes that uh, we hear quite frequently on the show and out and about that it's very conservative what you're dealing with when you're trying to raise money in Canada. Do you think that's starting to change as our tech ecosystems emerge and, and mature along with sort of the, the VC community maturing too? Yeah. And I think that starts with actually the, the angel community. You know, I, uh, I've heard that I've heard people say it's it's you know people don't write checks angels don't write checks in Vancouver I think that's just flat out wrong uh, you know I've gone to the uh, the VAF the Angel Forum the Enterprise Forum uh, and pitched there and met some uh, really great homegrown uh, investors uh, 
that themselves were entrepreneurs that are putting money back into the the system. Yeah, and I I don't think it's a bad thing if investors approach things with some conservatism too. You don't want them to withhold writing checks, period. But you also they're looking for financially prudent like, investors. Do their due diligence exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. And I think potentially that's what breeds a uh, more fiscally responsible uh, mindset here in Canada. You know, we don't have an ostentatious office. Uh, you know, we don't have a barista that shows up and, and uh, you know, gives the, gives the staff coffee. Uh, we put the, the investors' money to, to work in the business. We well, are doing catered lunches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Our guest today is Ryan Spong. He is the CEO of Foodie. We're talking all about this new amount of money that they've just raised, $10 million. And I've got to ask you about Foodie. You guys are in, uh, maybe some people describe it as a bit of a crowded marketplace, but you guys are a little bit different when it comes to food delivery services. Tell us a little bit about the business model here. Yeah, I think it's important not to get uh, too confused with just your your home uh, delivery service. Uh, you know, we're strictly corporate catering. Uh, so, you know, in the corporate setting, you have kind of two options when you want food. You kind of have takeout, uh, which is really sort of... Uh, inappropriate for an office setting a lot of times pizza or some greasy you know food uh and on the other side you've got catering and corporate catering has been around for four decades everyone here has had it it's tired it's overpriced uh and the problem with catering is that you try to be all things to all people you know you have to have pizza you have to have tacos so you kind of have an ersatz version of all those things what we do at Foodie is we're essentially a software and services company that knits together the, the city's best restaurants to form this kind of virtual corporate caterer. So instead of having some average uh, pizza, you can have the best pizza in town. Uh, instead of having some average taco for taco day, you know, you've got Taco Fino. Which, of course, is a company that you own and are a partner in. So, <laughs> oh, of course, it, you're yeah. going to have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so from that perspective, then, are you very actively curating what your offerings are? Not anyone can just be a partner on the platform. Yeah, that's a really important point is that, you know, we don't have 10,000 restaurants. Like you go on uh, some w aggregator websites that you'll know uh, in, in town. Uh, we only have about 100, 150 restaurants in a given city because we just want the top one or two providers in a given type of cuisine. What What are some of the challenges, though, when you go into other markets? I mean, obviously, you're going to be very familiar with what's going on here in Vancouver. You also have the Canadian connection when you're going into a city like Toronto. But if you're going south of the border, I, I feel that there must be some differences that you guys have to adjust to. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's increased competition down there for sure, uh, especially in larger markets. Uh, one of the ways that you know, I think our business model excels is that, so we only partner with local restaurants. So there's no chains on our platform. And the mandate with us is really to bring the, that city's food culture into its office culture. Uh, so we have people on the ground in all these cities. Um, you know, we have U.S. employees, we have folks in Toronto, and that's uh, in large part to figure out what people in that city like to eat. You know, I never, heard, I had never heard about breakfast tacos until we opened in Austin. Hmm. for example. And that's a big deal down there. So it sounds like it might involve a lot of taste testing and figuring out what the <laughs> best options are, which is not a bad gig. That's right. If you uh, if you go on our careers page and uh, seek to apply for any of those jobs that you see there, you can expect to put on the foodie 50, we call it. 
Interesting. Could we get signed up for that somehow? <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely do that in Vancouver. I'd do that already. I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can actually get paid for it. Sounds like a good job. Um, what about from the businesses you partner with perspective? If they're companies, clearly they weren't set up to do catering in the first place necessarily. So, what sort of transformation do they have to go through to be able to partner with you and meet demand? Yeah, that's a great question, and and we're not a strictly software uh, company. Uh, you know, it's our software that knits these things together. But we have a lot of offline processes and support for these restaurateurs. So our thesis is that really great restaurateurs are focused on cooking a really great X, whatever it is. Uh, when it comes to things like marketing and, and a sales cycle, uh, when it even comes to packaging, you know, because they probably never intended to really do takeout, uh, we consult on all those kind of things to get them set up. So it takes a little bit more than just them filling out a web form. Uh, likewise, on the other end of an order, you know, we have uh, highly trained food certified uh, employees, you know, not not contractors, but employees uh, that will go set up the catering, serve it and uh, and clean up and, and take the garbage away. Well, Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about how you started the company, though? Because I think that's an interesting story. It, you didn't go to university and take a uh, corporate catering meets technology class or anything like that. <laughs> so but tell us how something comes to be here in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, so uh, Foodie preexisted me as more of an aggregator. It was born out of the Invoke Media uh, team there, which is famous for having spun out Hootsuite here in Vancouver. Um, my own uh part in the founding story of Foodie relates a little bit to this bizarre kind of career I've had. Uh, as a kid, like many kids, you know, I worked in restaurants. I was a waiter. I was even actually a caterer. I worked at a catering company. Uh, and uh, for school, I, I went through a finance stream and that uh, worked up to a, a, a stint on Wall Street where I kind of got my more formal career. But I spent a lot of time in offices. Uh, moving back to Vancouver, as you mentioned, you know, I'm a uh, an owner in, in Taco Fino, uh, and I have been for the last six years. So I have this bizarre background that's half in corporate offices and half in restaurants. Uh, but at Taco Fino, we were struggling with this problem when we first opened our trucks, which is the bursty nature of lunch hour. So, you know, if you've been to one of our trucks on a sunny day, it's busy. But at 11.45, it's dead. And at 145, it's completely dead. And believe it or not, even when you're really that busy, it's really tough to make a buck over a lunch hour. You've got big fixed costs and so forth. So, you know, literally standing at the truck, looking up at the offices, thinking, wouldn't it be great if there was a service that could basically go up, get all the business, manage the business, and actually complete, you know, the, the transaction for us? Um, I used to be the one that would get called when there was a big corporate order, and it would happen. You know, and I'd try and track the place down. I'd hand over these bags, you know, and then the the person would hand me a credit card. Right? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, to, I don't even know what to do with this thing. <laughs> uh, so that's sort of where it came from, and uh, it's been as valuable for our corporate clients as it has for our restaurant partners. In many cases, we can double lunchtime uh, revenue. Yeah, I, I still can't believe that sometimes, uh, you know, those credit card machines where like you stick it in and you have to swipe it manually for carbon paper. Like how, how do those things still exist nowadays? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man. Who knows? So you mentioned Ryan, uh, you're going to be using uh, these funds you just received to expand. I noticed Burnaby's on your website. Do you have any uh, planned expansion locations yet you can share? Oh, for, uh, for foodie. Yeah. So, you know, 
we're not probably going to talk about the uh, cities today. Uh, we've got a, a plan to, to start rolling them out in January. Mm. Uh, the one I will say is that we've uh, decided to open Boulder, which will open on Monday. Uh, so that's a real uh, tech hub in Colorado. Folks who uh, have been to Boulder uh, you know, know it well. Great. Well, Ryan, a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. That's Ryan Spong. He's the founder and CEO at Foodie. This segment of Business in Vancouver brought to you by Dale Carnegie Training. There's a reason why today's Dale Carnegie Training matters. Discover how it can help you reach your goals at bc.dalecarnegie.com. You're listening to Business in Vancouver on Roundhouse Radio 98.3. I'm Haley Wooden. And I'm Tyler Orton. Well, that was Foodie co-founder and CEO Ryan Spong. Uh, A lot of growth they're undergoing as a company and a, a good Vancouver success story. Also interesting to see sort of how the rollout of funds is going for the BC Tech Fund as they're really uh, one of two companies that have received direct funding from the fund. Although I did notice that uh, he didn't offer to uh, cater our current radio session at this point with uh, some foodie hookups, but I can forgive Ryan for that. (laughs) We'll, We'll forgive him. Maybe in the future. Who knows? Well, that's it for this week. This podcast brought to you by Manning, Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Now you can listen to past radio shows, past podcasts, and find more business news over at BIV.com. You can also find our podcasts on iTunes. And if you want to give us a rating as well, that really helps us out. We always appreciate that. And if you want to connect with either of us, Tyler, how can people reach out to you? Yeah, you can find my stories at BIV.com or just follow me on social media. Twitter is the best way. I'm at Reporton. That's R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N, at Reporton. And I'm on Twitter as well, Haley Wooden, H-A-Y-L-E-Y-W-O-O-D-I-N. Feel free to say hi. And that's it for this week. Thanks again for joining us. We'll catch you next time. 